you know, I, I mentioned the, the Superman theme. When I, when I went and saw that movie, that had an equally big impact on me as, as the music to uh, Star Wars. Um, the Superman theme by John Williams is just a fantastic theme. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready for another adventure in the world of entertainment here on On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 545 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we take you into the world of Star Wars. That's right. Emmy-nominated composer... Kevin Kiner is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. He is uh, the composer of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and he has uh, got an Annie Award nomination score for the uh, uh, Star Wars, and uh, also he has written more music for Star Wars than anybody else, any other composer. And uh, he's, you know, just got so many things that he's done. And uh, he's done seven seasons, 133 episodes, and an animated feature for The Clone Wars. Also four seasons, 75 episodes of The Rebels. And uh, he's got more coming, and it's all going to be talked about in a few minutes, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Kevin Kiner, right here on On Screen and Beyond in a few minutes. So I hope you're going to stick around for that. And let's see, we've got a lot of things coming your way. Be sure to tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond, and also check us out on Twitter. We are either at On Screen, the letter N, Beyond, or you can just type in On Screen and Beyond Podcast, and it'll show up there too. So that's a couple of ways to get to us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and uh, you know you can check things out there. We put things up every once in a while. Also, uh, of course, you can go to onscreenandbeyond.com and uh, you can contact me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and we can communicate that way too. So a lot of ways you can get in touch with us. And we put up some more episodes of On Screen and Beyond, some past episodes that are coming back your way and uh, you can check those out and a lot of great guests we've had. And uh, so if you get a chance, take a peek at those. And that's it. Let us get ready because it is time now. For Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, it looks like a new Transformer film is in the works. And it is not associated with the Michael Bay Transformer film, which is coming out June of 2022. So there's a lot of things going on there, and we'll keep you informed. And the remake of Resident Evil has been moved from September to November 24th. So keep your eye out for that. And the West Side Story remake of uh, you know by Steven Spielberg is now hitting theaters on December 10th, 2021. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. 
Upcoming new movies, Dwayne Johnson says his new film Black Adam will arrive in theaters on July 29, 2022. Pierce Brosnan will play Dr. Fate in that film. And a thriller starring Matt Damon called Stillwater will hit theaters on July 30th this year. And Damon plays a rough-necked oil rigger who goes to France to try to exonerate his daughter who is in prison for murder. Abigail Breslin plays the daughter. And Jamie Foxx will star in Day Shift. Now, this film is about a father who by day is a pool cleaner. And at night, well, he's got a little different thing that he does. At night, he hunts and kills vampires. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere Thursday at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Sequel City, well, it looks like, uh, well, this is no surprise. Eddie Murphy says he wants to make a third Coming to America film. We'll see if that actually happens. And Netflix is making two sequels to Knives Out. Director and writer Ryan Johnson will lead them once again, both of them. And Jurassic Park Dominion has a release date of June 10th, 2022. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let us take a look at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, May 4th. It looks like Masterpiece Atlantic Crossing from PBS arrives on DVD. And here's a couple for the kids. We're all fruit salad. The Wiggles' Greatest Hits comes to DVD on April 20th. And Sesame Street Cool Counting Collection. Counts its way on the DVD on June 8th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, why don't we take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, April 20th, Crisis with Gary Ullman and Army Hammer will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray. And The Mauritanian with Jodie Foster lands on Blu-ray and DVD on May 11th. And Supernova, with Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on May 18th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it is TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, Disney Plus has a new series coming out called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it has a cast now. Ian McGregor will star as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. The series will take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. And you can look for Sarah Michelle Gellar to star in an Amazon series called Hot Pink. And it's a comedy, and it's very in the very early stages right now. No release date on that one yet. And Sylvester Stallone wants to continue Rocky. He says he wants to make a TV show dealing with Rocky, Adrian, and Polly before the original Rocky movie. 
we'll keep you informed on how that one goes along. Like like you said, this one at, at this point is just something he wants to do. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but he wants to do it. So could be interesting. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you into the world of Star Wars, but he has done so much more. Composer Kevin Kiner is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. He has been making music for a long time, and he's got a lot to tell us. He is next. Kevin Kiner, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today our guest on On Screen and Beyond is a composer who over the years has been nominated for several Emmys and Annie Awards for his work in the Star Wars universe. He has written more music for Star Wars than any other composer. His work for Star Wars includes The Clone Wars, Rebels, and the new upcoming The Bad Batch. Kevin's other works include Jane the Virgin, Narcos Mexico, Titans, Single Parents, and so much more. It's Kevin Kiner. Kevin, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Great. It's a pleasure to have you on here. We've had several composers on in the past, and uh, but uh, you are the first Star Wars-related uh, composer we've had. Well, there aren't many of us. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, uh, first off, congratulations on your nominations, and uh, you know, you've got. Uh, some things coming up with possible anime, any ward and uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, and so Star Wars. Uh, how was it the first time you got the job to do Star Wars? Were you sort of overwhelmed because you know you're you're following in the footsteps of John Williams? How was that? Yep. Well, it, it was uh, an audition process, so. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was daunting, you know, I mean, um, John Williams is part of the reason I'm a film and television composer. Um, I heard Star Wars in 77 when I was going to UCLA and, you know, instantly I'm like, that's what I want. I want to make that sound, you know, and then I saw the Superman movie is another thing. It was just fantastic. And, um, so that was a big deal, you know, uh, following in those footsteps. Um, I, I wound up, you know, getting the, uh, uh, getting the audition and then being chosen. Uh, and then, you know, working with George Lucas uh, for a while on that. And, um, God, that's a dream. You know, what, what else can you say? And, and George is such a nice guy. And, he, you know, he's very interested in pushing the envelope. And with, with me, he... Um, he really, really tried to take the music somewhere it hadn't been before. And um, I, I think, you know, I think that continues to happen. You know, Dave Filoni is, is taking that um, cue, from, cue from George, and he continues to push me in, in our projects. And you can see where he pushed uh, Ludwig Gornson in the way he scores uh, The Mandalorian. So... I, I, I'm really glad for that, you know, heritage and, um, that that George has given us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I take it you were a fan of Star Wars when before you yeah, were I, even. I, 
Yeah, so I, I think I was maybe a sophomore at UCLA, um, and I heard, you know, just rumblings. Everybody was talking about this, and I went and saw it very, you know, one of the first few days it was out. And, I mean, then I was just totally hooked. Um, I I went and uh, went to all the midnight screenings after that, you know, for episodes five, six, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I, I went to all those midnight screenings, and I, I was a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. Now, how do you come up with your scores? Uh, I mean, is are there is his score still in your back, you know, in your mind when you're making yours? You know, are you trying to stick somewhat to what the original sound was, or, or are you giving it your complete, you know, different take on it, or how how are you doing that? Well, actually, you know that. All of those things you just said have happened over the course of, you know, you mentioned I've written so much Star Wars music in my career. So all of the things that you just said have occurred. I've, I've come very close or taken John Williams's literal uh, orchestrations. Very few times have I done that. I mean, I, I, I can count on one hand, even less, the times I've done that. Or I've done my own original orchestrations of, of John's themes, and and actually not off that often. I mean, compared to you know, I have over a hundred hours of Star Wars music I've written, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I would say probably one percent of that I, I've uh, used John Williams themes, um, and that was you know George Lucas wanted us to move the music forward in a different, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and so funny enough, the, the one part of my ad- audition that George did not like was when I used the Star Wars theme. Uh, and it wasn't so much that he didn't like what I did. He just didn't want to use the Star Wars theme, which I, I didn't really know that at the time when I did the audition. Um, so, you know, it, it's, I studied John Williams since, 1977 or, or whenever, maybe early 80s. And when you study someone, if you do it properly, you don't imitate them. They just sort of get into your DNA. I mean, that's at least that is the philosophical ideal that mm-hmm. some you, you, you study a great composer, you listen to their stuff, and then you use some of their genius, but you take it in your own direction. And, you know, hopefully that's what happens with me is that I have my own way of speaking. I have my own way of composing. I've learned a tremendous amount from John Williams. Um, and so you can hear it. And especially it is Star Wars. So I, I definitely use some little motifs or little little tricks and licks that John Williams used mm-hmm. um, and that made it, you know, such an I- iconic uh, score. Uh, and I, I don't ignore that, but uh, most of the time I'm taking, I'm moving it forward in, in a new way. Over the years, did you ever have a chance to meet John Williams? I've met him twice. We never talked about Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody asked me that, like, what did you talk about? I said, how was dinner? <laughs> uh, you know, what the chicken, the chicken was kind of uh, rubbery. It, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what we talked about. Uh, you know, I, of course, I told him that, you know, that he's the reason that I'm a film composer. Um, 
and how much I admire him. But I, you know what? When you're that amazing like that, I imagine you get a little, you know, tired of hearing that. I, I, I'm sure you don't, you know, you don't hate it. But you know, I, I didn't want to just do that forever. So you know, we talked about the chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. You look. I had the opportunity to see uh, John John Williams in concert quite a few years ago in Boston, and it was amazing to hear all the things that he's done. Uh, you know, things that you know many people might not even know. Uh, you know, I mean, he did the the Lost in Space theme for TV years. You know, back in the '60s, and, and yeah. uh, your career seems to be you know doing similar i mean star wars of course you've done more than anybody else but you did a lot of shows over the years and uh you know it, it seems like you're paralleling him <laughs> uh well that would be absolutely marvelous to, to parallel i mean he, he's hands down the greatest film composer in the history of the world and um you know that puts him also in, in the conversation with guys like Stravinsky and Mozart and whatever, because they, a lot of those composers, I mean, Stravinsky was writing for ballets and for operas and, and for even, you know, many composers did programmatic music where it was based on, say, Shakespeare, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream or something like that. And, and so film music to me is, is the classical music of our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely just head and shoulders above anyone, uh, any of us. And, and I'm a great fan of, of many of my colleagues. And, you know, I mean, Jerry Goldsmith, um, Ennio Morricone, uh, John Barry, uh, James Horner. I mean, I think most of those guys have passed away, actually, that I just met- mentioned. But, um, you know, and he, the, the new guys like um, John Powell and Harry Gregson Williams and Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman, I mean, they're really, really fantastic composers. Mm. But John just blows all of us out of the water, in my opinion. Yeah. So what made you, before Star Wars, you know, what made you to go into the field of composing, uh you know, I presume it was in you even before Star Wars. You know, it was, but in a different way. Um, you know, as with if you if you would to ask, you know, twenty film composers how we got into it, we we all have such different stories. Uh, I started as a rock and roll guitar player. You know, my influences early on were like Led Zeppelin and mm-hmm. uh, Yes. And, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I was playing those things on guitar. Then I, I was, you know, I, I was told by my parents that I could not be a musician. So I had choice doctor or lawyer. So I became pre-med uh, at UCLA. Uh, and then I, I just kind of started working around L.A. as a guitar player. Uh, and I got a couple of gigs. And um, then I... I became the music director for an act that went overseas. We were doing like Las Vegas style shows, uh, you know, in Japan and Philippines and all over. And uh, when you when you're music director for a group like that, because it was kind of a Vegas show band with with brass and strings, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, you have to do arrangements. And and as an arranger, 
so I learned how to start doing arrangements. I really didn't, you know, I, I never had a music class. Wow. Uh, you know, I had biology, physics, calculus, organic chemistry. Right, pre-med. I was pre-med. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I started listening to, to the arrangements that we had with us, we took with us on the road. I started looking and analyzing those. I, I, I just delved into everything, and, and I kind of became a arranger, and a lot of my arrangements were really successful. Um, and when you're doing an arrangement, so say you're doing you know a string arrangement for, you know, say a a disco song, which was going on back then, uh, you have to, there is no string part. So you have, you have to compose a string part as, as an arranger for that. And so that was my first bit of getting exposed to, to writing something new, you know, and, uh, it turned out pretty well. And people liked my charts or, you know, we call them charts are my arrangements. Um, and then I, I got married and um, decided to get off the road and not be music director anymore. And uh, a friend of mine heard about a TV show that was looking for a theme. And we went and did a spec demo um, and they bought the theme. And um, after that, I, I, two years later, I was doing four different TV shows uh, because different producers from that one show had gotten their own shows and they uh, hired me as well. And that's never happened to me since with so many guys going off to get their own shows. But I was, you know, right place at the right time. And I, and I think I was prepared as well. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, of course, with Disney Plus, they've they're making Star Wars movies and TV shows and things like that. Yeah. Do you think you may be going on to some of those at some point? Or I mean, of course, you never know. But yeah, I, I mean, I totally love. I I am going on, and I'm currently scoring uh, the Bad Batch, which yes. is the next a- animated series, and. Uh, it, follows the clones from uh, Clone Wars. Um, and I'm having a great time with that. Uh, that's just going to be coming out May the 4th. And, um, you know, there's, you see there's like an Ahsoka show coming up in a few years. And I, I wrote the Ahsoka theme. And I, I'd love to be involved with that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney have been great to me. And, um, you know, it's, it seems to be a really good relationship, and I, I've gotten nominated for a bunch of awards in their properties, and I'm honored to be able to be part of that franchise. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like I said in the introduction, you've done a lot of other shows, like uh, Jane the Virgin. You did the you did yeah. the scoring for that show, and then you do that one, and then you do uh, Narcos Mexico, which is yeah. totally different. <laughs> How, yeah. how do you get into doing, you know, Jane the Virgin and then doing Narcos Mexico? <laughs> well, I, I think one of the things I'm proudest of, you know, take my career, my 
who I am as a composer is my range. Um, you know, you talk about great actors like Anthony Hopkins or whoever it is, and they have a very wide range. They can do comedies, they can do dramas, they can do different characters. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, and um, I, I think I uh, really have the ability to kind of change my style based on what I'm scoring at that time. And, um, you know, I've been doing this for about 36 years or so. Wow. Uh, and I think if I didn't have this wide variety of projects, I, I would have burned out by now because I've, I've written so much music. Um, but just the fact that I can go one morning and write a Star Wars orchestra cue and the next morning get out my all my weird uh, stringed instruments and my guitar on and my vihuela and my guitars and even banjo sometimes and and score narcos mexico mm-hmm. um by the way i use a banjo in a very unorthodox way you would never recognize it as a banjo oh really narcos because, <laughs> yeah well it's not really appropriate you know to do Ozarks music you right. know, for narcos. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it takes place in Mexico. But, you know, and, and anyhow, that's the fact that I can do that just makes life really interesting for me. Oh, I'm sure. Because like you say, it would get boring, I would think. Well, not so much boring, but, you know, you want to do more than just the same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of us creative people, you know, want to keep growing i think mm-hmm. yeah is, it, is there any particular uh, type of of show or movie or anything that you you prefer or, or want to do you know you probably just mentioned the favorite things on earth that i have to do uh, you didn't mention um doom patrol just in my last sentence you did earlier right. but uh yeah. titans and doom patrol i would say you know narcos mexico titans doom patrol Star Wars, City on a Hill. Um, man, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that, that's great. <laughs> so there's no one thing that I, I, I don't really have a favorite. The answer to that is, is no. I, uh, you know, I, I like chocolate. I like vanilla. I like strawberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 uh, forgive me for not saying all the, the shows that you've done, like CSI Miami, uh, Hell on Wheels. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, we only have 30 minutes, so <laughs> if, if I By the way, I, I, I loved working on Hell on Wheels. Holy smokes, what a lot of fun that was. Really? Really, really. Yeah, just because I, I played so many instruments in that show. And uh, even the percussion, you know, the, I mean, we're doing very similar in Narcos Mexico where we just don't put any fake things on it. Everything is performed live by a real human being. And, wow. um, yeah, it's, and usually it's me or my two sons who work with me. Um, and even if it's just a little shaker, you know, or a little hi hat or a little cymbal or some kind of little percussive in- instrument, we, we still like to do them live and, ha- and put our own kind of feel into it. Yeah. How, how, what process do you use? Do you start off doing it? Um, on a computer and then record them live or do you do it live you know as you're trying to learn you know make the song or whatever the score so say you know I was just talking about Hell on Wheels so let's let's talk about that I mean that's a initially was very guitar based 
So a lot of times I would come up with a guitar riff, some kind of a, a lick that I liked, and I would record that into the computer. You know, I and usually I have a metronome going, so it's like click, click in my tempo. And, and then I, I would listen to that guitar part and layer a few things, maybe then put, put a little bit of a percussion part onto it, then maybe play a bass or possibly bow an instrument. I, I have several bowed instruments, a, a cello and a thing called a guitar viol, which, which is uh, a fretted uh, um, bowed guitar that I play. So I, you just keep layering those things. Um, on Hell on Wheels and in Narcos, Mexico, we don't layer too much. You know, we, we try to keep it really raw and um, not too overly produced. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I have to find a really good guitar part, a really good Ron Rocco part. Ron Rocco is a South American instrument I play on. on uh, well, I played on Hell on Wheels as well. And uh, I work with, a, you know, Academy Award-winning uh co-composer on that, um, Gustavo Santolaya, who's a great Ron Rocco player and, and taught me all kinds of things about, you know, South American and Latin-based music. And it's, yeah. That's a great education, be able to work with somebody like that. Wow. <laughs> it just amazes me that, you know, that you can have so many different types of music that can come out of your head. Uh, you know, like you said, from Jane the Virgin to Narcos, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just so different, you know, but uh, yeah, that's great. And um, we're getting close to the time here, so I want to f f not finish up yet, but one thing that I, is, I'm wondering if it's a controversy for you. Uh, you, of course, like I said, uh, have had more music that you've written for Star Wars than anybody else. But you've also did the music for Star Trek Enterprise. Now, in in the sci-fi world, those two bump heads <laughs> a lot. <laughs> on which one is better? Yeah. How was it working on Star Trek, and you know later on working on Star Wars? Uh, was there any you know? shying away because you know boy i don't want to you know get the star trek fans mad or the star wars fans or yeah you know i i've been aware of that um kind of rivalry uh but i never i never felt that rivalry myself mm -hmm. you know um, yeah. and and funny enough there it's it's really very different music um, and when I was when I was scoring Star Trek Enterprise, I, I co-wrote almost all of that with Dennis McCarthy, who did more Star Treks than anybody, and he was the master. So I was really learning from Dennis. We were recording with a fifty-piece orchestra at Paramount uh, every week, um, and you know, so it was very you know, Dennis really taught me what Star Trek was. Uh, I didn't really know kind of the all the uh, what would you call it just all of the motifs or all of the, the there's kind of a vibe that star trek music has mm -hmm. but no i never had it i never felt any any rivalry and i, I mean i would never like pick a favorite yeah. those yeah. two. i mean <laughs> they were both great gigs you know and, and it's it's really cool because I've, I've worked on the bond franchise as well in the video games and um 
you know, man, it's just so way back early in my career, I did Superboy and, yes, uh, yeah. um, which is the first live action, uh, Superman television show. That was my first, uh, dramatic series I did in the eighties. Um, so, you know, to be associated with these, these legendary properties is, is a great honor. And it's also a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, oh, really, yeah. really fun to score those. Yeah. I mean, like you say, you've covered <laughs> all, all the biggies. I mean, Bond and Star Trek, Star Wars, and uh, yeah. it, it's just amazing that, that you've had that opportunity because sometimes people will get, you know, one or maybe two, but you've, you've done all the biggies. Yeah, and now I, you know, I get to write music for Batman and and Superboy again, you know, and all the and, and all these different uh, DC characters when I'm doing Titan. Yes, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy to do that. Could you ever imagined when you were a kid that you would someday be writing this music for these these heroes? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I exactly imagined that, but I I remember. You know, I, I mentioned the the Superman theme when I when I went and saw that movie, that had an equally big impact on me as as the music to uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Superman theme by John Williams is just a fantastic theme, and yeah. I just kind of remember a kind of a place I went to in my mind when I heard that music. Um, so I don't know if I really thought I was going to be doing it. But I, I definitely, you know, had a connection with it and, and really kind of entered my fantasy world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, those were the, 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 the type of movies, that when we watched those, that the music, not only the character that we saw on the screen, but the music gave you chills. And, and yeah. you are doing that, too. You're doing that now. So I congratulate well, you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm 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 aware of that, and you know it's humbling and it's and it's fantastic. You know, I've I've had people tell me that they listen to Clone Wars music in some very dark times in their life, and it helped them get through things. And I, I mean, I just wow, I'm, I'm just like what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that. And, and you know, what a great job to have to be able to yeah. be you know have. have be part of somebody's life in that kind of way. That's that's a pretty cool yeah. gig. Oh yeah. Well, Kevin, I want to finish up with one final question, and it takes us away from sort of takes us away from your your music world and, and all the things you've done. But when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past when you were growing up, and what are the, your favorite movies now and of the past and TV shows? So what 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 do you watch? <laughs> So I just been streaming some things that are just fantastic. I really like devs, mm-hmm. um, and I, uh, you know, of course, I love Game of Thrones and and the first season of Westworld. Um, uh, yeah, those. Uh, I, I think those are some of my very favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I, I think those ones I just mentioned. Uh, Dez was just unbelievably great, great execution. Really, really cool show. I loved Mr. Robot. Yep. Uh, that was a fun series and great composer. Matt, Coy- Matt Quayle is just a really, really great composer. Hmm. Yeah. What about when you were a kid? What did you watch when you were a kid? 
Um, when I was young, I watched, well, really young, I watched Batman with Adam West. Yes. And <laughs> of could course. not wait until, you know, because I always had a cliffhanger. Absolutely could not wait until the next week. I watched The Wild Wild West. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I watched the Bond films. I know those were really influential uh, for me. But mostly, you know, we were really poor when I was growing up, and we didn't go to a lot of movies. Um, so, you know, things like The Wild Wild West, um, <laughs> and even, you know, I'm, I'm a big ocean person, so I, I loved Flipper and Sea Hunt. Yes. Those oh, were, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah I, yeah, so those are the things that were like when I was really young and I grew up. My favorite superhero, funny enough, when I was super young, was Spider-Man because I could actually climb up the walls in my hallway and go <laughs> up into my attic. <laughs> now, are you talking the Spider-Man cartoon? Yeah. Yes, yep. Yeah. Yep, with the theme song. And I don't even know what generation cartoon it was or anything. I yep. mean, I was pretty young, so... That would have been in the 60s, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. What about movies? What are your favorite movies now in of the past? Um, wow, you know, uh, I sort of feel like a lot of the TV shows are, are better than the films that are coming out these days. True. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a really... Is there anything uh, that you, you're I turning mean, the channel... You know, you tell I'm old, turn the channel. <laughs> As you're going through the channels, yeah. <laughs> is there uh, is there anything that uh, you know if you come across it, you say, "Oh, I got to watch this," even though you've seen it fifty times. You know, I remember the Grand Budapest Hotel. That mm -hmm. was that was a great film, and uh, was it the King's Speech? That was a great film as well. Mm -hmm. Remember those? And uh, with that, uh, Alexander Desplat, isn't it the composer? He's he's amazing. He's a really good composer. Do you find yourself but really? Cool films, really yeah. cool films. Do you find yourself listening to the to the you know to the soundtrack as opposed to concentrating on the film because of what you're in? You know, that's an interesting question because it changes. Um, I have actually even recently watched uh, films and not remembered the soundtrack at all. And I don't know how I can do that because I, I'm really, I do absolutely listen to soundtracks as they're happening, as I'm watching movies. But I've, I've had some films, I can't really name which film it was, but I, I watched the whole thing and, and didn't really pay attention to the music, which is, I find astounding mm -hmm. for, for me. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time I do. I, I listen to the soundtrack quite a lot and it can be a little bit of a, you know, a curse because, you know, it distracts you from your experience in the film, yeah. working in the, in the business that way. Hmm. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here, and uh, congratulations on, on your Star Wars work, and uh, we hope to talk to you again sometime. Great. Nice to meet you, and uh, may the Force be with all of us. And a big thank you going out to Kevin Kiner here for joining us uh, on Screen and Beyond. And uh, we wish him luck with his nominations for Star Wars, the Clone Wars series finale. 
And uh, it's uh, so much stuff that he's done for Star Wars, of course. But uh, like I said earlier, he has done so much more. It is it, it, the, the list of TV shows he's done is incredible. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll get him back here uh, to talk about some other things uh, at a later date. So wishing him well on that one. I want to thank him so much once again. So there we are at another crossroads of uh, the ending of another episode of On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we uh, want to keep you informed on what's going on each week. So hopefully you'll tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond. Tell them to go to uh, either one of the podcast providers and they can see which episodes are up. Or they can go to On Screen and Beyond and see all the people that we have interviewed. And not all of those are up. So there's no link right there to them. Just the ones that we have posted on the podcast providers. So uh, I keep adding them daily or whenever I can. Uh, we keep popping some up. So uh, keep your eyes out and uh, follow us or uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify you can do that. You can also do it on Google Podcasts and so many places you can catch on screen and beyond. But uh, like I said, tell a friend. Looking over the stats, uh, California has got a tremendous amount of cities where we are getting downloads from. And of course, all over the world we're getting them. But a lot lot of different uh, places around California that uh, people are listening to on screen and beyond. A lot in Michigan, and we also, uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, those people are popping up, Florida and Maine, and uh, just all over the place. So we appreciate that, uh, and uh, hope you'll keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. And of course, all over the world, we've had some from Pakistan, we've had some from Israel, from Ireland, and uh, England, and uh, Brazil, and just it just goes on and on. So we thank you very much, and I really do appreciate it. And uh, if you'd leave a review on either Apple Podcasts or wherever, that would be great, and also would help us out. And leave us, uh, if you can't, uh, you know, leave a review, if you could leave at least the, you know, the five-star review, uh, uh, whatever they call it there, <laughs> leave five stars, whatever, that would be greatly appreciated. Things that aren't showing up is uh, how many people have been listening to On Screen and Beyond because uh, we change things and we're at a new provider now. So we're like, you know, I mean, we have all our listeners from before, but we're <laughs> it's not showing up yet because things are being transferred. So, uh, anyways, just tell a friend, keep things going here at On Screen and Beyond. If you want to contact me, you can contact me at feedback at On Screen and Beyond. I love hearing from you. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So, until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 